Hi there, and welcome to the Simply Living for Him podcast. I'm Karen Debuse. Thank you for joining me for another episode of this podcast. Today, I wanted to uh, use this episode to talk specifically about homeschool. I know I don't always do that on the podcast. This isn't specifically a homeschooling podcast, but really, I just babble about (laughs) all things either simple or relating to faith, family, um, but also a lot of times that includes our homeschool life. And since I am gearing up to speak for the next few months at some homeschool events, I've got homeschool on my mind. And one of the big sessions that I do when I go speaking is talking about simplifying homeschool. So I'm going to give you a tiny little condensed version of that today. But I'm sort of going to address this, even though I'm titling it for new homeschoolers and I'm sort of addressing new homeschoolers because I really do have a heart for new homeschoolers. I know that all of these tips and reminders can really be useful for anyone uh, that homeschools and wherever you are on your journey. They're always good reminders for all of us. I mean, really, even for myself. (laughs) So like I said, I have a heart for new homeschoolers. Um, because so many times when I've spoken at events and done sessions specifically for new homeschoolers, I just, I have such a heart for them because they'll come up to me afterwards and, you know, just sometimes in tears and say, wow, I'm just so overwhelmed, but I came to this session and I feel like I can breathe again or you know something I said during a session sort of put them at ease because new homeschoolers are really overwhelmed and especially nowadays as a new homeschooler it can be really confusing it can be really overwhelming it can just be difficult to kind of navigate all that is out there so if you're a new homeschooler I invite you to sit down for a minute grab your coffee or your tea and just listen in as I try to give you some practical tips for keeping it simple and also just give you some encouragement if I could give you a virtual hug right now I would because I just want to say to you it's going to be okay my very first thing that I would say to any new homeschooler is you are on an amazing journey and God has put you on this journey for so many reasons that will be beyond academics trust me many of the things that we have learned over the years have had nothing to do with the academics so God has an amazing plan for your family for your children's education, and I truly believe that um, homeschooling is about so much more than academics. So he has a plan for your family, for the academics and above. Um, and I would also say, take a deep breath, sit and relax, because God is in control. If you feel that you have been called to homeschool, and if you are jumping into the homeschool journey, I would hope it is because you have already covered that in prayer, and you have mindfully made this decision with God at the center and with God leading you, because you do not want to jump into this journey without prayerfully considering it and to make sure that this is God's will for you. I truly believe that God called my family to homeschool. We are on our 
why am I forgetting, 11th year of homeschooling. And um, <laughs> sometimes, you know, it, it all seems like a blur. Um, but it has been such an amazing journey. But when I decided to homeschool, and I've told this story before, and for time reasons, I really won't tell it again in this podcast because I can just get into the whole story because it's just so amazing. But you can find it in other episodes or in my books that tell the story. Um, or come see me at a homeschool convention because I usually tell the story in one of my sessions. But long story, really tiny short. I did not want to homeschool. I didn't have it on my radar to homeschool. Actually, if you want to hear the story, look back in the podcasts under the unlikely homeschooler and that will tell you the whole story. But I didn't want to homeschool. It wasn't on my radar, but I truly believe that God called me to. So even when I tried to run away from that calling, which I did very much so, um, I truly believe that he chased me down and he set my feet on this path and I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. It has been an amazing journey. But I also know that I covered that decision in prayer immensely that first year. My daughter wasn't even in kindergarten yet. She was just supposed to be going to public school for kindergarten and God changed the whole plan. Praise him for that. But um, I covered it in prayer so much. It pretty much consumed me <laughs> that summer. And I read scripture and I really sought the Lord like never before on something. And I truly felt that it was a calling. Looking back and seeing how he has guided us over the years, I absolutely know without 100% that uh, doubt that I am called to this journey and that I was not equipped at all to do this. Um, nor did I even want to <laughs> do it. And um, he truly has equipped me along the way. And any time that I've stumbled or I've had doubts or I've been afraid or I feel like I'm not doing enough or I'm failing my children or it's not working out or I'm tired or all those things, he always steps in and shows me that you're right, Karen, <laughs> you can't do any of this, but I can, you know, that's what God's saying to me. I can step aside and let me work. I truly believe that if God has called you to homeschool, then he will equip you. So number one, if you are new to this journey, make sure that you are covering it in prayer. Make sure that you are following God, because as I always say, ultimately this decision is between no one else, but you and him him or your family and him. Um, it is all about choosing to follow him and what he wants for your family. You are not trying to copy anybody else's life or lifestyle or homeschool. And we're going to talk about that in just a minute. There were just a few different areas because of the time constraints of a podcast that I just wanted to focus on today that would be the most important things that I would um, talk about with a new homeschooler and how to keep it simple. If you have, um, you know, listened to the podcast or stumbled upon the blog or found the Facebook page or the YouTube channel. Now I have a YouTube channel. You can check that out. You know that my mission here at Simply Living for Him is all about uh, encouraging others to live more simply, um, all for the glory of God, you know, getting rid of distractions in our life so we can focus on the things that matter most. And, you know, so many of us in our culture are completely weighed down with physical clutter, mental clutter, all of these things that are sort of filling up our lives and filling up our homes and weighing us down almost, that my mission at Simply Living for Him is to help people to eliminate those distractions so that we can live our lives purposefully and intentionally, all intentionally, all for the glory of 
God and living literally for him and not for the things of this world. So all of that spills over into homeschool. And I talk about um, simplifying homeschool. I have a book on Amazon, Simply Homeschool. Um, I also have Called Home that is out right now, um, finding joy and letting God lead your homeschool. And you'll see that overrunning theme that I always talk about, about keeping things simple. And, you know, the reason I encourage people to keep it simple is so that we can weed out all of the distractions in our lives. So as a new homeschooler, as I was saying before, many of you get so overwhelmed, which is why it's so important to sort of remember what is re what really matters on this journey, why you're doing what you're doing, and how you can keep it simple and not get overwhelmed or overburdened or distracted because there is so much information that will be screaming at you on this journey. You know, look at this curriculum and do this and look what this person is doing. And you need to always stay focused that you are doing this for God and that your family's homeschool should not look like anybody else's. So the few things that I wanted to just address were curriculum, schedules, using real life for learning, um, how to simplify things for teaching multiple ages, and the comparison trap. Those are my main things that I would like to talk about on this episode and um, how you can simplify your homeschool, especially, but not only if you're just starting out, because like I said, these are good reminders for anybody, but especially if you're just starting out. So like the number one thing probably that you're looking at as a new homeschooler would be what curriculum should you use? Um, or, you know, that also goes along with what method or what style of homeschooler will you be? Oh, this one I could do a whole podcast episode, <laughs> you know, choosing curriculum. But again, I'm going to say this every time and I'm going to sound like a broken record, but pray. We all forget to do this. Pray over your curriculum choices. Pray before you go to a homeschool convention. Pray before you open up that CBD catalog, right? This is the time of the year where that big homeschool catalog comes out from CBD. Oh, I remember that my first year of homeschooling. I got that catalog and I went and I sat in my yard and it was like nobody disturbed mommy. I'm sitting here with my highlighter and my pen and I'm looking through all the different options and um it can get very overwhelming very quickly. So before you even begin, before you even think of choosing a curriculum, submit it to God. Ask him, what would you want for us, for our family? What do you want me to teach the children? How do you want me to teach the children? Because you will realize that there are so many different methods to homeschooling. And the beautiful thing about homeschooling is you can tailor your child's education specifically for them. But that almost gets very overwhelming, especially in the beginning, because there are just so many choices. I remember when I first began homeschooling, I had no clue at all what I was getting into. I really was ignorant ignorant about homeschooling. And actually back then, 11 years ago, it was, or was it 12 years? No, 11 years ago, it was a bit different. It wasn't um, nearly as, I would say, popular or, I don't know if that's the right word. I don't want it to sound like that. But, you know, it wasn't um, as well known. There wasn't as many people doing it. So 
I had met with a woman who had homeschooled and she was, you know, kind of filling me in on what her children um, used for curriculum. And she handed me some books and said, oh, I don't need these anymore. These were my daughter's kindergarten books. You can have them. I took them and I went home and I was like, great, I'm done. I, I will use this. I really had no clue <laughs> that there was so much out there. I had no idea that there was going to be like thousands of different publishers to choose from. I just thought, great, she gave me the books, I'll use these. And looking back at that, I'm almost jealous of my ignorant self because wouldn't that have been nice to just take books from somebody and use them and not having to like go through all that. Now, it's also a blessing that we can go through the abundance of choices. Of course, that's a definite blessing. But I'm just saying, sometimes it can almost become a burden because you just find yourself looking at so many things. And honestly, homeschoolers, they're all good. There are so many wonderful um, publishers out there and so many awesome materials to choose from. So they really are all good. So I would encourage you as a new homeschooler, don't get overwhelmed. You're not going to ruin your child, especially if they're in kindergarten, if you choose the wrong thing. If you have a little one and a kindergartner, I am telling you, use real life to teach. They are like little sponges. They do not want to be stifled by a workbook or a worksheet. And I know there's moms out there who will say, oh, no, my child needs that. They want that structure. So then if they need that or they want that, you can provide some of that. But don't forget that they are learning from sunup to sundown. And the most important thing you can do in the early years is to engage with your child. Talk to them. Look them in the eyes really understand their curiosity, answer their questions, get down on their level and build a relationship with them in those early years because that is going to be the foundation for you as you continue on this homeschool journey. Having a teenager now, I can tell you honestly, or two teenagers now, honestly, looking back, those early years are not necessarily for building the academic foundation as much as they are the spiritual and the relationship foundation that we have with our children because without that foundation, it's going to be a struggle later on to teach the academics. We need to grab their hearts early on, build that relationship and a real authentic relationship with your child where you enjoy being together and you enjoy them and they enjoy you. Take field trips together, cook together, go out on nature walks together, um, you know, do errands together and talk about life. And when you're at the grocery store, explain what you're doing and don't see it as an inconvenience that your child is with you in the grocery store. Show everything to them as a learning experience so that you can train them up for when they are going to be living someday in the real world on their own, right? You know, I laugh when kid, um, people would say to me when my kids were little, I'd hear some of that, you know, chatter about, you know, you hear it from strangers mostly, but that had the nerve to say it to you. But they'd say, well, how do your children really learn to live in the real world? I mean, they're not in the real world if they're homeschooling. And I'm like, are you kidding me? They're in the real world because they're homeschooling, because they are with us every single day. So 
when choosing curriculum, be very mindful if you're just starting out and you have early ones you or little ones. You don't have to go overboard on the curriculum early on. You do not have to get all these, you know, workbooks and, and things like that. Because honestly, for my children early on, that would just stifle them. I have one now that is um, eight years old. He's my youngest. And we do our workbook time and we do our formal school time. But for the most part, you know, we have definitely disciplined times of school, especially now that he's getting a little bit older. But when he was younger, most of his learning came from just being with his brothers and sister and, and really talking to him throughout the day and explaining when you do things. If they have questions, just explain when you're doing things. You will be surprised at how much your child will learn by just living life with you every single day. So I would encourage you, um, if you're out there looking for curriculum for young ones, keep it really simple. Um, you do not need to go overboard. And of course, if you're just starting out and you have older ones or a high schooler or a middle schooler, you are going to be faced with more curriculum choices that, you know, may feel like they matter more because you're really, you know, whether you're building a transcript in high school or, you know, you're trying to really get them that solid foundation um, or their solid academics at that point. Be very mindful, like I said, that there are so many things that are good. And if you find something that's working for you, just stick with it. Don't always listen to that person that tells you about the next best thing because there's always going to be a next best thing. And it's better to provide your child with a consistent curriculum than always switching and try and because you find something because somebody said it's the next best thing. So I find that sticking with something that works. Now, I was just saying to somebody recently, you know, we've been at this a while and we've used many of the same things for years and years and years. And I've never looked at anything else because as I always say, stick with what works. But sometimes I find myself recently saying, you know what, I almost got in a rut because I was so adamant on just sticking with it that it, it's not working for one of my children. So when that happens, yes, that is totally fine to go looking for something else. But it's when it is working and there's really nothing wrong with it. If it's not broken, don't fix it. <laughs> so that's what I would say for curriculum. As for schedules, keeping schedules simple, especially in the early years, if you are just you know, starting out on this journey, you are going to want to be focusing on building that relationship with that child. You are not going to want to be spending your early years um, with struggles and getting them to stay on task. And remember, they are not, and I'm not saying don't stay on task. So let me finish that thought because I know that sounds like we shouldn't have them stay on task. But what I'm saying is in the early years, I was sort of reproducing the public school mindset in my home. I literally almost like was ringing a bell every, you know, 40 minutes that it was time to switch. And I had to loosen up because I realized that if my children were really engaged with a subject and they were really engaged with what they were learning, why would I want to ring a bell and make them stop and move on to the next thing? Now in school, they have to do that because schools are set up to teach 
you know, all of these children at once and they have to maintain order and they have to change classes and do all those things. So I had to kind of let go of that idea and remember that our schedule at home does not at all, and in fact should not at all, look like a public school. I'm not teaching 25 children, you know, in a classroom. Um, so they do not need to reproduce that schedule. So for us, we've done all different types of schedules. We've done the very rigid, like I said, strict, we need to like change when I say change and um, that kind of a schedule, which was way too militant. And we've also done the very loosey-goosey, we'll have no schedule and just go with whatever we feel like. And in the end, of course, what I found is a happy medium works the best. And, you know, kids do need some amount of structure and they do need to have order and discipline but not to let that kind of overtake the learning process. If my kids are in, involved in something and they're really interested in what they're learning and they are immersed in it, I am not going to stop them and say, we have to move on. Um, now, sometimes we might have to go somewhere, you know, and those things happen. But if we don't, then I will let them uh, stick with it. So generally, our schedule is somewhere in the middle. You know, I do like to start school at, a, at an early time in the morning by nine o'clock. I do like to have that sort of um, set that if we're home, if it's a day where we're going to be home all day, that everybody knows by nine o'clock, you need to have, you know, been eating your breakfast and done your chores and been dressed and all that stuff. And then we start. Um, and it changes, things change when they're a little to now where I have a lot more independent uh, workers, you know, they're all pretty much independent, except my little guy. So our schedules have definitely changed over the years from when they were little to when they're older. But we still always do kind of try to start and keep things orderly in that way. When my children were little, believe it or not, their school was always done by lunchtime. And that was important for me so that the afternoons could provide for them time to be more creative and time to still learn, but not necessarily, you know, formal learning with, you know, this is school time, but it was still as they, you know, they didn't, we didn't call it school, but they were still learning. They were either playing outside. A lot of times when my kids were little, they were always acting out their history lessons. It seemed outside in the yard, they were playing Revolutionary War or something like that, pioneers. So those kinds of things would be done in the afternoon, or we could save the afternoon for crafts or experiments or DVDs on a rainy day, educational DVDs, um, computer time, nature walks, all that kind of stuff, or even you know, real local field trips that we could go do quickly or something in the afternoon or just go to the park or sit by a river, you know, all those kind of fun things. So that was when they were little. Now school spills over into the afternoon, but we take a nice long break at lunchtime where mommy can do all her things and the kids can have some, um, like an hour and a half time where we just have lunch. You can kind of have free time, do what you want. And then anything that hasn't been completed in the morning, we go back to in the afternoon. Schedules will change over the years. That is for sure. But if you are just beginning homeschooling, use your time to build those relationships with your children. Use those times to set the foundation for what, you know, this is going to look like because you may be transitioning from public school. So use this time to sort of, 
let yourself transition. Don't try to go from public school and then set up this big homeschool schedule. It's going to be confusing. Take a little time to transition. Take a little time to get to know each other. Take a little time to build that relationship. Schedules do not have to be a burden. I think a lot of times as homeschoolers, we feel like, at least I shouldn't say, I shouldn't generalize. This was me. (laughs) I felt like I had to sort of prove myself, you know, by trying to keep up because I didn't want anyone to think my kids weren't doing enough because I was homeschooling them. And I sort of felt um, inadequate or, you know, um, just insecure about it in the early years. So we would fill up our schedule with so many different things so that I could have that illusion that we were successful because we were busy. But that's not necessarily necessary. You know, there's certainly activities that are important and certainly activities that are useful. But if they're not bearing fruit overall for your family, then I would eliminate those activities. Don't try to make yourself feel successful or feel that you're, you know, doing enough for your kids by overburdening them with a busy schedule because I feel it's very important to let our children be bored sometimes to let them have those days where they can just be alone and explore on their own and figure out what to do with their time so especially as a new homeschooler do not overburden yourself by taking on too many activities especially those outside of the house remember it's called homeschool for a reason you should be home sometimes right um you know, we certainly have one big day out that we are in a homeschool program all day, and that is enough for me. So the other days of the week, we do not do co-ops or anything like that. We are just one day out of the week, and that is plenty, you know, so that we have a lot of time at home to do our work, and then, of course, for errands and things like that. So don't overburden yourself by trying to fill up that schedule. It's not necessary. Um, I would also say, as a new homeschooler, if you want to keep it simple, don't look at what anybody else is doing. (laughs) So this will bring me to my next point, the comparison trap. I don't care if the lady at co-op has the best new curriculum. I don't care if your friend down the street is involved in the best new co-op, and even though you don't have time for it or you don't want to teach at it, you should join it because it looks so good. I don't care if the lady at church, her children have just won the Bible Bee and the Spelling Bee and all those other things. Those are all great for them. But God has a unique plan for your family. And isn't that exciting? He has called you to homeschool because he wants to do a work that is unique in your family. He wants to grow you. He, he wants to grow your family together. He has a plan for your children. And it is not supposed to look like anyone else's. So free yourself of that burden right now and keep your eyes off of what everybody else is doing and only onto what he wants for your family. Seek him in every decision, not what everybody else is doing. Because the truth is you will find yourself running in circles trying to do what everybody else is doing. You will also find yourself feeling so inadequate. And that is the last thing a homeschool mother needs. God has already equipped you, so you are adequate. Do not look at what anyone else is doing. Do not compare. Your homeschool is completely unique for your family. Discover what he has for you and your family. And that is so exciting. So just keep your eyes on him. Um, 
I forgot to say before in schedules that if you have uh, multiple age children, early on in the uh, early years especially, if you can just group them together in as many subjects as possible, that is really helpful as well to keep things simple. You know, we had always done a lot of read-alouds when the children were little, and I found that the little ones were very engaged with listening to stories that may have been a little over their head. And even when I read stories, you know, I would find a variety of stories for all different ages and read them to all the children. Even the stories that were maybe a little below some of the older ones, they still love to sit and listen. So everybody always got a great deal out of the read-alouds, and I would just choose a huge variety of different levels. For history especially, I always kept the kids together. For science, up until sixth grade, everybody's uh, seventh grade, really, everybody stayed together. Um, there's a lot you can do by keeping the children together. And I have a whole post on that. I believe on Bible-based homeschooling, if you search for multiple ages, it'll describe exactly how we uh, uh, kept all the kids, you know, grouped them together and how I then would divide up my time for them individually as well. So I would encourage you that if you are homeschooling and you're new to homeschooling and you can group some kids together for subjects, do that. It'll make your life so much easier. And things get easier as they get older because they become more independent. So even though they may not be grouped together as they're older, you know, first they'll all have different science or um, history or whatever, because they're older and they're working independently, it, it isn't a burden. It still is, um, much easier. So I would encourage you to do that. So I just wanted to go back to that because I'm looking at my notes and I forgot to say that in schedules. So I told you not to compare. I told you about curriculum. The last thing I wanted to tell you um, as a new homeschooler is you know, like I said before, you can use real life to teach your children. Don't forget, if you want to keep it simple, especially since you're just starting your journey, just use real life to teach your children. I have a list here that um, I had on Sim Simpli uh, Simply Living for Him from a post about simplifying homeschool. And I said some of the most important things you can have in your homeschool would be, I'm going to just read you some of this stuff from the list, give you some ideas. And you can find the post on Simply Living for Him. Cooking utensils, tools. Boys love to build things. Give them a little box of tools that they can learn how to use, use properly, like nails and screws and a screwdriver, scraps of wood. You know, we had this little, we called it like a junk box when the boys were little. Things that were broken that they were allowed to take apart and look at inside. My one son used to love to do that when he was little. I would let him, you know, if the bread machine broke or the um, something broke, I'd say, here, you can go ahead and figure figure out what went wrong, or you can take it apart and just see how these things work. Well, that boy is now turning 14, and just recently my vacuum was broken, and here I was thinking, now I have to get a new vacuum, it's going to be so expensive, and blah, blah, blah. And I said to him, you know, can you kind of figure out what's wrong with it? I mean, what's the worst that can happen? It's already broken. So if you take it apart and you can't fix it, we have to get a new one anyway. Well, that boy fixed my vacuum. <laughs> fixed my vacuum. It works perfectly. He figured out what was wrong and he fixed it. And I think about that little, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten year old boy who I gave these little broken things to play with. And now he's applying it in real life. I love it. Um, 
Other things you can include in your homeschool supplies, um, a bean box for little ones. We used to love doing that, just filling up a big old Tupperware, a Rubbermaid bin of dried beans to play with. Um, measuring tape so they can go into what they've learned in school and they can measure things around the house. Um, Lots of living books. You know, if you don't know what living books are, you can, that's all, you know, you can find that in Charlotte Mason type homeschooling, but, you know, real good literature that's really teaching um, with beautiful language and, you know, a lot of times historical fiction books we love because it will teach history through the story. Um, brown paper bags for puppet making. A camera. Let your child have one of those, you know, old cameras that you don't use anymore because you use your phone. Let them have that and let them explore photography. Um, you know, I do a lot of, when my children were little, uh, scavenger hunts and instead of like just checking off a list, sometimes I would tell them, bring me back a picture of each thing on the list for the scavenger hunt. Or an old video camera, right? We all use our phones now, but you have that old camcorder lying around. Let them use it and they can learn if they're older video editing and how to make movies and it's a creative thing but it can also be you know just a great skill um, lots of sketch paper long rolls of butcher paper so they can constantly be able to um, draw or sketch especially if they're outside don't let them just be outside say hey let's sit down and sketch what's around us um, you know, lots of art supplies, classical music, just playing it in the background. It doesn't have to be a big lesson all the time. Like let's learn this composer and when they lived and learn about the composer's life. And we did, we've done that, you know, when the children were little, but just having that music on and, you know, say to your child, this is who composed this and this is the name of it and just let it be and let them become familiar that way, just immersing them in it. Same thing with classical artwork. You can put different pieces around your house um, just on display. It doesn't have to be a big lesson where they sit down and memorize the artist and the year the artist was born and the style. You can just casually mention, you know, what do you like about these paintings? Maybe each week you have a different artist that you display around the house and you just let it be a natural part of your house and a natural part of your family. And it doesn't have to be that we're only learning about art from, you know, 10 to 1030. It's just there. You're immersing your children in it. Get them a, a microscope, a telescope, those kinds of things. Find a used one on Craigslist or something. It'd be wonderful. A magnifying glass so they can go outside and explore and look at things. Um, you know, all those kinds of um, learning things that we don't really think about. We just figure, oh, our homeschool supplies need to be paper, pencils, notebooks, those kind of things. But there's so many more just real life ways to teach our children. Use every opportunity that you are awake with your children to just let them learn about life. Because ultimately, that's what we're preparing them for. If you're a new homeschooler, I really just want to encourage you that it will be okay if you're overwhelmed. Remember, God has chosen you to be your child's parents. He will equip you to teach them, whether it's, you know, in homeschooling or if, if they're going to school, you're still teaching them when you're with them. But if you're homeschooling them, he has 
um, chosen you to be the one who is going to provide not only their academic education, but their spiritual education. And you are the one who gets to have the privilege to spend your days with your children. Homeschooling is a beautiful opportunity to grow relationships and to grow families and For me, those benefits far outweigh any academic benefits. I mean, academics are important, but if I haven't taught my children about the Lord and I haven't taught them to love him first above all, what does it matter if they know algebra? What does it matter if they know chemistry? If they don't know him first and they don't seek him first above all, then I don't feel like I've done my job as a homeschooling mom. So if you're a new homeschooler out there and you want to just weed through all these distractions and keep it simple. The main things are pray over every decision, seek God over every decision, trust him, trust him. He's got this. You don't have to worry. You don't have to fret. There are so many times on this journey where I would lie awake in bed at night because I couldn't sleep because I thought I'm not teaching my children enough or my, my child isn't, you know, where they should be in in whatever subject it is or whatever the problem is or we were having bad attitudes or something and I thought I'm just failing them and I promise you every time I was in that place it was because I took my eyes off of him and what he could do and only onto myself and what I could do and myself what I can do is nothing good apart from him I can only let him lead me in this. So when I step back from those moments and say, you're right, Karen, you are failing, but God can see you through. And then I pray and I take it to him and I say, Lord, show me how to do this. I'm not equipped. This is too hard. He has never let me down. He has continually led me. And it's so funny because when I get in those situations, like just recently, and I I won't go into all the details, but I had a situation where I was literally sitting with my son who was struggling with something and he struggles academically. And I was thinking to myself, I can't do this. He's, he's, he's just not getting it. And there's something wrong with me because I can't get through to him. And is he going to be okay because he struggles and is he going to be behind? And I was praying the entire time he was doing his math and just saying, Lord, I know that you have called me to homeschool. I know this is the path I'm on. If you want something different for us, I know you would show me that. And so far you haven't. So I'm going to trust you. A little while later, that same child had an assignment, a writing assignment, which he is a struggling writer. And he brought me something that he had written that was beyond anything he wrote before. And not only that, it was what he wrote about was... um, I don't even know how to describe it without actually reading it, but it was so deep and spiritual and just said so much in this one little essay that I started crying because it was like God answered my prayer right then and there that he's going to be okay. And then I thought to myself, God, you are so good because you don't even have to do that. You don't have to confirm it because I felt like he was confirming to me that it's okay. He will be okay. I just need to have faith. I don't need to have all those confirmations. But boy, was I so thankful for that confirmation. And things like that happen all of the time. And 
if you're just starting out, be, a, be on the lookout for those things because God does. He does show us. If he has called you to homeschool, then he will see you through it. It's the number one thing you can remember as a new homeschooler. Keep it simple. Don't get distracted by the world. The world is crazy and running around in a hundred different circles, but we don't have to look like that. We are not to be like the world. We are not to be seeking success in the things of this world. We are to be seeking success in God's eyes. So keep it simple and remember, don't get caught up in what everybody else is doing. Don't get caught up in the best curriculum. Don't get caught up in the academics even. Just get caught up in your family and get caught up in God and you will be successful as a homeschooler. So I thank you for listening to this. If you're a new homeschooler out there, I'd love to hear from you and let me know what you think. Um, you can email me anytime at karen at simplylivingforhim.com. I'll be speaking in Teach Them Diligently at the Teach Them Diligently conventions next month in Arkansas. I will be in um, Nashville at the end of March, and then again in May in Atlanta. And I'll be speaking way more about all of these things, about simplifying homeschool and getting back to the basics. And I'll be talking about real life learning, um, and I'll be talking about letting God lead you. I'll be giving four different sessions at those conventions. So if you have not registered and you are in the area of Nashville, Nashville or Rogers, Arkansas, or Atlanta, Georgia, go to teachthemdiligently.net and you will find out all the information. Um, and I would love to see you there. Also, the podcast is out a new episode every Friday. Sometimes it has to do with homeschooling. Sometimes it just has me babbling about living simple. There's always a different topic. Also, this summer, I would love to see you all at the Simply Living for Him retreat over in Gettysburg, uh, Gettysburg Pennsylvania, July 13th to the 15th. I have space available yet, so please go on the website and look at all the information for the Simply Living for Him retreat. It is not not just for homeschoolers, it's for any woman, any woman at any stage of life that is looking for more Jesus and less of this world and seeking him and living more simply and all that stuff, my favorite stuff to talk about. So it's a great weekend. I would encourage you to check that out. If you have a group coming, I will set you up with a group rate, a special discount. So you can email me for that as well. So I look forward to hearing from you. Oh yeah, check out the YouTube channel. I'm uploading my videos currently over there. So subscribe to the YouTube channel. I have session recordings from um, when I've done a workshop recently. I have uh, some tours of our little hobby farm. You can see my family and my husband and I giving little tours of our crazy life over here with our chickens and our ducks. Um, you can also see videos there from our Facebook lives. Sometimes when I do Facebook lives on the Simply Living for Him page, then I upload them over there on YouTube. So I'm working on that channel right now as well. And of course, you can visit me on the Facebook page for simplylivingforhim.com and let me know what you thought of this podcast and we can continue the conversation. Until next time, I wish you blessings and joy.